In the quiet town of Greenleaf, Indiana, a high school teacher is about to be married. After three long years, and I'm sure a lot of you were asking, what was the problem? You said it! <laughs> a former student is about to be honored. And the winner is Cameron Drake to serve and protect. But for Howard Brackett... I'd like to dedicate this whole night to a great guy and a great teacher. To Howard Brackett from Greenleaf, Indiana. A bombshell is about to drop. And he's gay. Howard, what is he talking about? I have no idea. I mean, I'm nobody. I'm just a little teacher in a little town. Oh, it's going to be fine. By right tomorrow night, hoo-ha, will even remember. There he is, that's him. Mr. Brackett, do you know Ellen? A teacher in trouble. A town under siege. Are you? What? Uh, oh. Home, home. Homeroom teacher. Of course the guy thinks you're gay. You're smart and well-dressed. And really clean. And you're kind of prissy. Prissy? Welcome to our series on exploring your masculinity. Stand straight and tall. Truly manly men do not dance. Oh, come on. Mr. Brackett? Yes. Watch the hands. Oh. Paramount Pictures and Stunning Entertainment present a story about a man who was pronounced out. I may hire an attorney. I may sue. It's Johnny Cochran, not that woman. Before the jury was in. Does anybody here know how many times I've had to watch Funny Lady? Your eyes, son, and will always love you. As long as you get married. I need some beauty and some music and some place cards before I die. It's like heroin. Kevin Klein. Look at me. Do I look like a homosexual? Would, would, would you walk for me? In and out. Repeat after me. Yo. Yo. Hot damn. Hot damn. What a fabulous window treatment. What a fabulous window's a trick. Welcome back to the show. Rounding out Pride Month. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is some major whiplash that we're going from Gregor Rocky to this movie. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just need a palate cleanser. And I think this is uh, perfect for that. Everybody out there listening, my name is Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these, these are, are the, the movies, movies that, that made us gay. gay. Yes, indeed. Welcome back to the show. Last episode of June. Okay. Second episode that we've recorded in our new uh, yeah, Our new headquarters. Our new headquarters. Yes, indeed. But yes, we watched In and Out, directed by Frank Oz, released... September 19th, 1997, written by uh, that big old homo, Paul Rudnick, <laughs> with our friend and guest, Chris Gallo from Golden Girls Posters. What Hello. a treat. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I mean, I've been meaning Thanks to reach out on. to you for a while for an episode, and we just decided that it had to happen It had to happen this summer, so I'm glad mm-hmm. to have you here. I love your account. I yeah. mean, you've been following Thank our you. show for a while. And it's really yeah, fun whenever I, you message us Instagram mm-hmm. images of episodes that sort of line up. That's always very sweet of you. Yeah. I, I think I don't even know how I found your show. I, it was sometime during quarantine in 2020. Sure. Um, I don't know if I came across it on Instagram or wherever, um, but, oh, I'm kind of obsessed. I, I love it. Oh, You're um, you. it, It's just like you guys, you, I, I wrote a review for you guys like, you know, like two years ago. And I, I wrote something like, you know, it's like you guys 
crawled into my head and like stole my <laughs> list of my favorite movies yeah, yeah. and like did a podcast about it. I was like amazed. It's so awesome. Awesome. So, uh, so great. And also like we dig your, like your Instagram account, mm-hmm. the weird science one the other day. Oh my God. <laughs> I laughed my ass off. Just to kind of give li- so listeners cool. a little context for Golden Girls posters. I mean, it sounds exactly what it is. It's mm-hmm. it's movie posters just with the with the gals photoshopped in, <laughs> and you're wearing mm-hmm. your showgirls. Yeah, I got right I got now. a showgirls uh, shirt because I of course you know I had to like s- start making merchandise you know to go with my account so. I mean, we don't even have any merchandise for movies. No, not yet. <laughs> we need to. Jump. We have to get on that. Yeah, we need to get. We'll on definitely that talk soon. a lot about uh, Golden Girls later. But mm-hmm. you wanted to do In and Out, and just kind of one of those big movies that I'd, of course, I'd always intended on doing this movie because this w- was a big movie that I remember watching of my childhood, and probably one of the first big mainstream gay comedies. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure that there was at least one before, but this one felt like a big deal and it made money too. I guess yeah. that the birdcage mm-hmm. was released in 96. So right. maybe if the birdcage, uh, I, I mean, maybe just the birdcage making all that money got this movie greenlit, but yeah. sure. I mean, I would think so. I mean, I, I think, um, I mean, at least by a major studio, I mean, Paramount released this, I think, did MG- I think MGM did Birdcage, so I don't know what was before that. It prob- um, and it probably helped that a homosexual was producing the movie, <laughs> Scott Rudin. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think that he That's probably – I mean, he at least pitched the story okay. to mm-hmm. Paul Rugnett of kind of being outed in an Oscar speech. I know that was all sort of the idea of Scott Rudin. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, that would make sense. Well, uh, like we usually start off every episode, should we get into when we first watched our earliest memories of this movie? Chris, why don't you go ahead and give us your earliest memories of of In-N-Out? Okay. So I remember when this came out, I was probably a freshman in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I was aware of it. And as um, a little freshman band nerd who was not even close to coming out of the closet. I could tell you that like, I was aware of this movie, but I was like, Oh, that's that, like that movie where like, there's like, there's like gay stuff in it, but it (laughs) it seemed like it was this big, like almost family friendly, like comedy that everyone was going to see. But I was like, the last thing on my mind was, was to be associated with something like that. So I didn't see it until it came out like on video. And I honestly don't even really remember like the first time, like watching it. But I remember once it was probably, I probably rented it and just slowly became obsessed with it because I love the Oscars and it like spoofs the Oscars and all that type of stuff. But I don't really honestly have a specific, memory of when i first watched it yeah i'm kind of the same way too i mean i would have had to have rented it at the time but Mm -hmm. i definitely remember the 1997 academy awards the year the titanic won because i (laughs) felt very invested in that oscar race in particular and joan shows up in supporting actress like a pretty strong supporting actress category won by ping by by Kim Basinger, probably yep. not my personal favorite of the category, but a good performance. Mm-hmm. And Joan mm-hmm. cracked the supporting lineup, yeah. which is pretty it's, cool. It, 
it's so wild to me that that she that she made it in there and for such a like you know what is really essentially just a silly comedy um mm-hmm. i don't know who else was really like you know up for consideration that year but it it it, it is kind the of old, a miracle okay the old lady from titanic okay so, so let me see if i can <laughs> I know the well, category. Well, I mean, I remember the nominees. I just yeah. remember like who else would have could have been nominated oh, in, that year. In oh, her sure. place. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Who who is our our sixth alternate? Our sixth alternate ninety seven. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know, and I know that Joan got the Globe and maybe the. Oh no, I, I mean, this was the days where the SAGs were like three nominees, so I don't think that she mm-hmm. got in the yeah. SAG. I, I think I think Joan Cusack won like the broad. I was like just looking it up on IMDb the other day. I think she won like the Broadcast Film Critics Association, like the Critics Choice Award or something, which is which is which is wild to me. Well, we talked about this in our Working Girl episode. Yeah, I was going to say we rounded is, the corner of the Joan Oscar nominations. Yeah, now. this is her. Mm-hmm. But what we but what Moran was saying in the Working Girl episode is that like it's a scene stealer performance. Yeah, yeah, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like it's not a big meaty role it's not a big chunk you know a lot of screen time but when she's there you're glued to her and when she's gone Mm -hmm. you're kind of like where's joan (laughs) do you know who i'm kind of thinking of who could have cracked 97 and supporting was cam ds in cameron my best friend's wedding i would have put in possibly i would have put her in for supporting all right okay okay her that would be her only nomination <laughs> if she would have gotten. I that? think she got a Globe nomination, or no? I, I'm I just saying her entire career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched this on VHS. It did not see it in the theater. I have memories of Tom Selleck and the, and a lot mm. of like gossip around Tom Selleck. I think Being, that he, is he gay? He's had that kind of his yeah. whole had entire dog career. His, his career. Mm-hmm. I remember my stepdad just being like, oh yeah, he's like, he's gay. I'm like, uh, why, why do we know that? How do we know this? And then thinking that it was kind of like interesting that if he's had these rumors like dog him his whole career, then why would he do this movie if he was really hiding anything? That would be kind of a weird mm-hmm. choice for him. So I was like, he's probably not. I'm sure he's not because that, you know, that's too 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 strange of a of a choice for him for to I be mean, in this movie. I guess he was down for the stunt casting. Yeah. Um I remember mm-hmm. really liking uh Kevin Klein in this. Uh you know, Kevin we talked about it on Soap Dish. Like Kevin Klein's just like Freaking daddy hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, in this especially, movie, <laughs> especially in Soap Dish. I mean, in Soap Dish in particular, mm-hmm. this movie, he's a little less, you know, of his like dad energy, but mm-hmm. but still super cute though. Mm-hmm. Like you know, mm-hmm. um, Tom Selleck. I didn't. I didn't care for him without the mustache. Yeah, it's kind of weird to see him without it. It, it is weird. He's one mm-hmm. of those. He's one of those people where you're just like, no, put it back. We like. We like. <laughs> we like the, the Tom Selleck mustache. It's your it's your trademark. Um. I do remember thinking uh, at the time, you know, Jones Gray. It's just a little bit of lighter fare. I prefer uh, my Debbie Reynolds to be a little bit more like gussied up, a little bit more fancy, a little more <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, she's giving me yeah. a little Thelma Harper in this. <laughs> and I, I don't know. Yeah, she's she's very grandmotherly. She was yeah. she was only like sixty five, but she seems like so old. Oh in this my movie. God, I noticed crazy. in our viewing last night, June Squibb is yep. one of the aunts. Yep. I mean, I feel she like is. June Squibb has only become like a household name within the past like 
couple years, but that was kind of a fun surprise. Well, also in in the Oscar night when they're watching the Academy Awards and they cut to his big family, Selma yeah, Blair, Selma, just, Selma Blair, yeah, just sitting there. Saying, I wrote that down. Yeah, no lines. She just doesn't watching. have any lines. She's in the wedding scene as well. She she shows up, but oh, yeah, she, she at the wedding. Okay. Yeah, she's in the wedding. You can see her like in one of the pews. Okay. Um, but I don't think she has any any lines. Interesting, interesting. Oh, you know what else I remember about this movie at the time is that I really, I really thought that uh, one of the students, uh, Sean Hattesey, I, I always oh, yeah. thought he was super cute. Is he from mm-hmm. outside Providence in the faculty? Yes, right. The one from okay. The faculty. Yeah, the faculty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's uh, he's the one doing the wet and wilds in the shower. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> in the faculty. <laughs> And he's the one that first stands up and he's like, I'm gay. And then I was like, is he? And then was, oh man, I guess he's not. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I always I, I always remember him being thinking he was super cute at the time. He still is. He's great looking to this day. I mean, still working. I love I love Lauren Ambrose because I'm yeah. a big Six Feet Under fan. And this was her first movie. Yeah. Um, I was gonna so say, I love her. I was going to say she got this right before Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah. Ah, yeah, because I think okay. that was the next year. Okay. Yeah, Scott, huge Six Feet Under fan. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. Wasn't Sean Hattesey on Six Feet Under? I feel like he did an He was. Okay. Yeah. He's, like a, uh, I think his... a few of the, the kids, the teens, were all oh, on okay. like an episode together, Okay, according to the IMDb trivia. His, ah. um, his episode is from the opener of season two, and his girlfriend ODs at the movie premiere, and they're snorting her ashes at the end of the episode. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I do remember that. All right, I all definitely right. need to rewatch that series. It's been a while, but I love it. That's another one that Scott does rewatches every now and then, and I never <laughs> particularly caught on to it. Get into it. So at oh. this point, it's just – it's not that I think it's bad. I just don't have an opinion of it at all. So he'll watch it and be like, oh, That's I fair. love this episode. And I'm just like, uh-huh, like on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and I know if I gave it a chance, I'd probably really enjoy it. But because I, I still am just like, I don't know what's going on. I can't watch this like midway through six seasons. But yeah, I'll get to it eventually. But, um, you know, this is one of those things that Kevin Klein in this movie, his character goes on this journey, mm-hmm. right? He mm-hmm. does, does he even know he's gay at the beginning of the movie? Sure. Does he know it in yeah. his heart? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. What, it, it's so funny. When I, was, I feel like when I was younger and I saw the movie, I didn't really get it. Like, I thought he was, like, straight. Yeah. And then, like, all of a sudden he, like, turns gay turns throughout it, yeah. the course of the movie. Like, I don't think I, like... I got it. I sure. think it's, and, and I, I think to this day it's a little confusing, right? Yeah. Like I don't know who just decide who's so far in the closet and then just comes out at their wedding. This is know? probably yeah. one of those movies that could have only been made in '97. Yeah, I think that oh, if yeah, you were to make sure. a version of this now, I think that us gays would have a, a few bones yeah. to pick with this story. <laughs> um, but I definitely remember watching this when I was young and sort of taking note about getting married, of just mm-hmm. like maybe. Marrying somebody that I'm not really ready to, maybe maybe that just doesn't really seem for me also. But I I remember mm-hmm. sort of making like mental notes of the situation that he was in. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean I mean there's also the conversation about you know Kevin Klein being like a straight actor playing this role, and which and wouldn't all. have yep. even been on the table no, in '97. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, what out actors would there? I mean, it's just. Was was Rupert Everett booked that week? Um, He's busy making my best friend's ex- wedding. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I do feel like when I, you know, I, 
I haven't watched it in a while, but when I watched it again last night, I was just like, yeah, I could see people being a little confused about the mm-hmm. character. And like you said, is he just so in the closet that he really didn't know? Or, I mean, would it have been funnier if he was just the whole time just like, I'm just an effeminate guy? Yeah. And they just get married. I know. I think it, it is fun the way. Um, the movie, as the movie progresses, it slowly drops, like, the kind of standard, um, like, hints, like, you find out that he is into Barbara Streisand, Mm -hmm. and, you know, he's, like, using his hands a lot, and, like, (laughs) his students begin to, like, pick apart, like, his, his mannerisms, and, like, you know, you know, gay stereotypes and cliches and all that type of stuff. So some of that is, like, fun, um, but, um, but yeah. I think it's, I, I think it's sort of the script by Paul Rudnick that really makes this movie age well because there are sure. lines mm-hmm. in this movie that are still really really funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I quote it like like every other day. And, every day. <laughs> and, and and Paul Rudnick, like an out screenwriter at the time, he did a column in Premiere magazine where he wrote as a middle-aged Jewish woman who reviewed movies. So he oh, wrote in a character, right. oh Libby Haxler-Wexler. And yeah, I mean, he wrote this, uh, Adam's Family Values. Um, I'm trying yep. to think of other movies that he's done, but he, yeah. He did the Stepford Wives remake, with, which yep. everyone hates, but I mean, I'm, I'm like the weirdo who actually likes that. I'm sure oh, they watch it about once I'm a year, I'm sure I that think. he was one of ten writers that were <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Because you can definitely he was tell. Actually, he actually wrote Sister Act. But, oh, that's um, right, yep. But they like changed like this, you know. They changed the script, and he didn't want to be credited. Uh, but who wouldn't want to be credited? Yeah. Writing Sister well, Act. I, I mean, also think Paul Rudnick did a lot of script doctoring work too. That mm-hmm. he would sort of do unofficial passes at existing okay. screenplays okay. that were about to be shot to sort of polish them off. I think that he did that kind of like what Carrie Fisher would do in sure. the nineties. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, before we get a, a little further in. We should talk about the inspiration for kind of the plot of this movie. Yeah, so the film was inspired by Tom Hanks's tearful speech for his 1994 Oscar for Philadelphia, where he mentioned his high school drama coach, Riley Farnsworth, and his former classmate, John Gilkinson, two of the finest gay Americans, two wonderful men that I had the good fortune to be associated with. And was that drama teacher not out? So is that I, the story? So is that I, the urban legend? I did I read. Know. So I did read today an article that the L.A. Times did as like a retrospect on all of that. Mm-hmm. The real story that Hanks did contact his teacher, who he he hadn't spoken with since his 1974 graduation, um, oh. and he asked him permission to disclose his sexuality on TV. Okay, so he didn't okay. quite out him per se, but I don't really think. I mean, of course, he wasn't living a public life because this is like a private figure. But I mean, he got a lot of attention from it. And I know that from the result of his speech, um, the teacher did end up doing a lot of rights in – or the teacher did end up doing a lot of work in in, uh, gay activism. Okay. So, yeah, it all worked out. Okay. But kind of Scott Rudin, when he was watching the awards show and that speech in particular, kind of thought – of the idea of what is one of the outcomes that this could sort of be disastrous. Right. And that was sort of the seed of this idea that he pitched to Paul Rudnick. Okay. And so in this movie, we have uh, Kevin Klein is this high school 
drama teacher. English teacher. English teacher. But he probably, I think he also teaches drama. And also football coach? Apparently. (laughs) It's a small town school. I don't get it I mean, I had, um, I mean, I had like science teachers and stuff that were football coaches. Yeah, that that kind of did both things. That is a thing. That's true. That is a thing in small towns. Yeah, my my history teacher was one of the football coaches, but. Okay. All right. There you go. In high school. Mm -hmm. So Howard Brackett, and he's a, a little prissy. Right, mm-hmm. and I think Kevin, <laughs> I think Kevin Klein plays it beautifully. It's so he, funny. He really does. So funny. The, I think it's when they're on the side of the road after Tom after he rides his bike into mm-hmm. traffic, and he says at the, some, at the intersexual in the homo <laughs> section, <laughs> the homo section, and he says something about like not being gay, and he like I'm not gay. <laughs> It's so good. And just him catching himself looking at his hand just like what? Like not even Look at my hand. Look at my hand. Yeah. <laughs> All that stuff is so great. It um, really I mean he's a brilliant like physical yeah, comedy. Mm, yeah. And it's like I I don't know if this is one of those movies I didn't go too deep into the IMDb trivia if there was like this long list of you know people that got offered the role but I think with Roles that Kevin Klein takes is probably up there in their list of people. Yeah. So it's they probably, probably wanted like, Kevin Klein. And they oh, got everybody passed, mm-hmm. and then we finally had to, do, you know, go with Kevin Klein. They probably went straight for him because he was pretty great um, in the role. And uh, you know, he's engaged to Emily, played by Joan Cusack. Played by Joan Cusack recently lost seventy five pounds doing sweating to the oldies. <laughs> Oh my god! Um, and you know the whole town is abuzz with news of their former high school student Cameron Drake, played by Matt Dillon. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about Cameron Drake. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> How old is Cameron Drake? Is he supposed to be like twenty two? I don't know. He's he's two year uh, two years younger than. Joan Cusack, like Matt Dillon. We like, were talking about that because I mean, she says Emily she was, was a student, a student, student yeah. right? So, so I mean, we're like, all she right. could be realistically only be like five years older than him or so. Mm-hmm. You can be a TA, you can be a teacher's assistant or a teacher's aide at like eighteen. Mm-hmm. You just have to be a high school grad, and you go right back in. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think they usually put you in like elementary school or kindergarten, but like, let's just say. Yeah, I assume he's supposed to be like in his like twenties or or so, or early thirties, if anything. I love Matt Matt Dillon in this movie. I think he looks cute with the with the The blonde blonde streaks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, a very uh, a very period specific point of Brad Pitt's career around Mm -hmm. the. I think yeah, I think they're late nineties. Yep, very obviously visually going for this Brad Pitt look and i mean we it is like oscar night like five minutes into this movie because i mean this is this sets off the whole the whole you know series of events the oscar scenes are pretty fun i mean also pretty cool that the um that the academy sort of lent out its name to Mm -hmm. a movie like this i mean i guess that when paramount comes a knock and that we want to we want to use you in a movie i guess that you sort of have to do it yeah Mm mm-hmm but I love that, you know, this this movie's a comedy, but it's still kind of like, it's not that over the top, but when it gets to Cameron, when it gets to the Oscars, the ceremony, mm-hmm. this shit is wild. Like, <laughs> it is. I love the, the 
the fantasy yeah. in and out version yes. of what the Oscar ceremony is. Yeah. I'm like so obsessed with it. I like playing. Like, we need to talk about it. I like <laughs> I like playing multiple scenes for a performance clip. <laughs> It's like literally t- – I wrote down in my notes like they show the whole movie. They show the whole – For a Best Actor nominee. I, yeah, I'm sitting here going, does every nominee get this much of a clip? What the hell? This is insane. And Glenn Close is just like killing it. She's yeah, just like she's playing good. it so straight. Just like um, – they also – when Glenn Close comes out, sh- her fanfare is from Sunset Boulevard. Mm-hmm. I was oh, like, oh, yes. That's, yep, with, that's yep. with one look. I know that song. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought that um, in the world of this movie, does this mean that Glenn Close has an Oscar? Because she's presenting. The, the, yeah. the, you know, the previous year's winner yeah. presents the, the Oscar to the to the other, you know, person. Yeah. So in the world of this movie, I think Glenn Close won Best Actress. She won, best, she won Best Actress for 101 Dalmatians. She just made that in 96. <laughs> I Obviously, like oh man, that, I didn't even I didn't even think about that. That's so funny. Um, I also love all the red carpet stuff with Tom Selleck mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and Whoopi, and he kind of like brushes her off. They're like, Cameron Drake is here. Get out of here. Whoopi. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So great. Um, Pretty much, Cameron is wearing an exact replica of what Brad Pitt wore when he went when he was nominated for Twelve Monkeys. Too, I thought that was interesting because that was yeah. just like who would go to the Oscars without a tie, but right. apparently Brad Pitt did. It was a very, and I totally forgot about it. Was it. A very big look because of because he wore that. I think Michael Scott I, wears that when when he goes out. On who the did time. he take to the ninety seven Academy Awards? I don't remember. I don't remember who was dating, who was at, he the dating at the time? I mean, it, I mean, the, was it was it Gwyneth? I was going to no? say that would have been the Gwyneth years. Yeah, around ninety six, ninety seven. We'll get the interns mm-hmm. to look that up. Mm-hmm. I think it was Gwyneth. Um, all of the rest of the best actor, uh, the people in the category, the names, make me laugh. the names of the movies were killing me, and I didn't write down. I didn't. I didn't write. Them oh, down I wrote. Either. Oh, I the have. Michael well, Douglas. I have them in my head, but I did write them down. <laughs> um, let's see. Paul Newman for Coot. 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 Clint Eastwood for Codger. Codger. Michael Douglas for Primary Urges, and she winks. And she winks. And Steven Seagal for Snowball in Hell. I know that I I was personally... I never really got that joke that, like, you know, the whole, like, Snowball in Hell chance of Steven Seagal ever being nominated for an Oscar is kind of like... I mean, I know that I had my ballot marked for Snowball in Hell doing a a full sweep of everything was nominated for. I'm sure it also got, like, a sound nomination, a sound editing, I'm sure, maybe, you know, cinematography. Coot and Codger... I mean, are we? This is just saying that these these are old ass, old farts, and like Cameron is just like he's the up and coming young guy. I don't think I think they mentioned later on in the movie that it's only his second movie that he's ever made. Mm-hmm. I think he says that. Like, yeah, says, like I've seen I, I, think, I think Glenn Close says it or something yeah. when she's presenting. Like, oh, it's it's his first movie or second movie yeah. or something. I forget. I mean, it's kind of interesting that when you look at the Academy track records, they usually don't do that for young actors. They'll do it for mm-hmm. the ladies, but usually right. they are a little more reluctant to give out the major awards to young men. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Adrian Brody is still the youngest um, yeah. best actor. I think he got for... that when he was like 27 or 28, I think. No, I think it wasn't. 
Oh, mm-hmm. uh, no, uh, Richard Dreyfuss was 30. I was going to say, wasn't mm-hmm. he 30? But yeah, Richard Dreyfuss was the previous youngest and he was 30. Mm-hmm. But I mean, best actress is always like a 22-year-old, 23-year-old. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's wild. Ingenue. <laughs> um, I love that everybody in town is just as like, well, I mean, I guess it's their hometown guys. So mean, that's why they're mm-hmm. all. It would have been a well, big yeah, deal. Our- yeah. Do they like just does everyone just love the Oscars or they're I mean, it's partly because of Cameron Drake, but yeah. I'd like to think that every household in America is that excited for the Oscars. I mean, this was the a, world this, of this was movie. at a time when pretty much everybody watched the Oscars. I mean yeah. Yeah. the Great the ceremony her. that this was that Joan was nominated for, I think was one of the most watched telecasts in like mm-hmm. the history of ABC. And definitely mm-hmm. not definitely not the case now. For sure. Well, we're still watching. I mean, um, yeah, so the whole town is, is just in rep. But not only are they just kind of watching for um, for Cameron Drake, but they all have, like, their ballots and, like, what do you have mm-hmm. for documentary and, like <laughs> – <laughs> Oh my god that that whole scene I have to like tell this like my my very best friend every Oscar Sunday we text each other that like that dialogue exchange like <laughs> what do you have for best, best documentary, documentary? <laughs> and and it's just, oh my god like I hope that nice Miss Sally Field wins but she's not nominated <laughs> even so like and then and the and the Lincoln year we were like obsessed with the fact that she actually uh, was she should have won so. she should have won for Lincoln yeah Three? That would have given her three. I mean, I would have liked three. to have she Sally. Three for three. I would have yeah. liked Sally to have a three for three like I w- record. I wouldn't mind. She's Sally mm-hmm. Field. Get out of here. Sure. <laughs> Singular. Just one field. Field. Yep. Don't get it. Don't get it twisted. Sally. Don't get it twisted. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> people like people like to call her Sally Fields. She's only she's only running, running through one field. <laughs> but um, yeah, the the townsfolk are kind of amazing. We mentioned a little bit uh, Debbie Reynolds. And um, his his father, played by Wilford Brimley. I love them. Love They're so them. good. Yeah. yeah Apparently, so good. Wilford Brimley didn't get along with Frank Oz on set. Oh, really? There hasn't been a lot like oh. said about the tensions, but from Ooh. what I understand, Ooh. they weren't quite seen eye to eye. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm sure Debbie Reynolds was not uh, super keen on, on her, her dressed down look, but, you know, it's for the character. She's like, I don't even get a song and dance number. Right mm-hmm. <laughs> Except for the end credits, of course. Like yeah. the end credits, everyone gets to dance. Every, everybody but. gets to dance. I find the 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 Frank Capra tone of this movie to be very charming because it's almost mm-hmm. done at the point of parody of just yeah. how quaint everything is in this small town. Yeah, and- yeah, it is like apple pie slice, middle America. Everything's like perfect. It's like Pleasantville. Yeah, yeah. He rides his bike to work every day. Well, that was one of the things that the students call him out on. Is it gay to ride a bike? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's funny. I feel like I was just on Letterbox, and I've been watching a lot of like you know gay movies for like Pride Month, yeah. and so many movies I've watched like the gay characters, like gay teenagers, are like riding bikes. Bike. And people like bring that up in reviews, and I was like, "Is that like a thing? What, is that like name some movies where gay characters <laughs> ride bikes?" So, so like, you know, "Call Me by Your Name." Oh, sure. I I, I just watched um, the movie with Troy Sivan. Um, oh, right. Boy Race. Paramount Plus. No, 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 no. Three, the new one. three months. Yeah, th- yeah. Oh. Um, there's also that one where he rides a bike. The it's a uh, it's oh, God. 
Is one of them blind? And then one of them's on oh, the Oh, I know the poster. Yeah, I know it's the, like we know the poster. Yeah, It's yeah, like yeah. a foreign film. It's a foreign film, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna, God, we're going to I forget what it's called. Gay film nerd Yeah, they're on, they're on a bike. Yeah, they're on a bike in that one, too. <laughs> Apparently, it's very queer to ride a bike. Who knew? Who knew? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this town is super, it's super quaint. But, I mean, it's cute. We love it. Um, where was the shot? Was it shot in Indiana? It's set in Indiana, oh, but I don't know. Um, a whole bunch of places, like in New mm. in New York. Oh, so, like, okay. I have a friend from college who grew up in Warwick, New York, which is um, northwest of, like, New York City. And they shot a lot of scenes in her town. And we actually went – I went there in college and, like, saw some of the locations. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Mm-hmm. So, but I think they shot a whole bunch of places, like, I think okay. in New Jersey. I think that's where the high school was. Um, I think several films have, like, been shot there from when I I, I did read the the okay. IMDb trivia. <clears throat> and it's set in Greenleaf, Indiana, mm-hmm. fictional town. Mm-hmm. Always right. Indiana. Always, <laughs> always Indiana yep. or, or Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, immediately uh, when, you know, all this breaks – all the media comes to the town. And I love that they're just like walking right into the school. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can't just go into into a school with minors. Yeah. That's a nice asking about whether gays can handle fresh produce, <laughs> whether he knows Ellen, lesbians, <laughs> lesbians on Mars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gays in the space program. I laughed. Lesbians on Mars. I almost fell off the couch. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> and then- that should be a movie. I would watch it. And do you know Ellen? Was, <laughs> that was that and, was. Great. And I, I, I was curious about that line because I knew like Ellen's big coming out episode from her from her sitcom was mm-hmm. the same year, and that yeah. was that aired in April, and this movie came out in September. Oh wow! So I'm like, so I don't know when they sh- shot yeah. the movie, but it had to have been happening around the same time. They could have just looped that in they later. Just done that as some ADR. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Throwing in some lines. I mean, it's very clever that the movie and Paul Rudnick felt the need to parody sort of how honorable it was for a straight man to be playing gay like that's very Mm -hmm. biting for 97 yeah Mm -hmm. yeah oh well the whole thing is that cameron drake is playing a gay character in his movie Mm -hmm. and yeah so it's like he's obviously he's getting this academy award nomination for playing and then even the even the clips of the movie are so stupid not in like Mm -hmm. you know not bad but like the sign so silly the sign copy of beaches And they're big. A few, copy of beaches. A few, and they're big. A few good men scene. What does he? What does he say after? He, after he says autograph? Does he like give that back or like take give it? that back? <laughs> I love that the movie is basically. It seems like it's like a cross between like you know Philadelphia and like Forrest Gump. So it's like yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. like they're spoofing like the Tom Hanks like Oscar wins. Yeah. A little bit of like um, Born on the Fourth of July. Yeah. Yeah. At the end yeah. when they're on like the like the steps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the, as, and he like leaves the guy up on the on his top of the steps. The movie just ends. In <laughs> I always wheelchair. laugh every time. Oh my god, it's so stupid, but so funny. Like, ugh, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't. Um, I love that the townsfolk in this movie are just so like everybody in this movie is just so pure. Like, no, I mean, the kids for you know to a, an extent get a little nervous around him but they're like the teenagers but like he has all of his guy friends that are like you know because his whole thing is that he's they're planning this wedding this wedding's a mm-hmm. huge deal you know debbie reynolds just wants this 
party. She's like, we are going to have a wedding. And like, it's this huge thing. They've been engaged for three years. Everybody in town is on board. And all of his guy friends are just like, yeah, we're going to still have your bachelor party. Gonna- like, I know this is national news and you're kind of embarrassed about it, but like, no, dude, you're, you're stri- like, we still think you're straight and we're going to have your bachelor party and watch freaking funny girl. Mm-hmm. I, and, it's just so cool that like the characters are just like whatever, right? They're they're like totally with it. They got their blow up sex doll. <laughs> I um, mean, I don't even know where where you find that in in. in I mean, you'd yeah. have to go to the big city to go to like a Spencer's. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, maybe maybe like AdamandEve.com didn't quite exist yet, but maybe they had like a mail or like a catalog mm-hmm. that you could like send away for. And just get sense, uh, get stuff sent through through mail order, but we we love the um, the through line of his love for Barbara <laughs> in this movie. We've talked about on the show before of how we both didn't really grow up on Barbara Streisand, so I feel like this would have been early Barbara for me, of just sort of getting context for. A majority of Barbara's audience, you get mm-hmm. some like big titles, you get Funny Girl, Funny Lady, which some view as not as superior as Funny Girl. <laughs> of course, uh, of course, Yentl. She was too old for Yentl. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's so funny. I I am not into Barbara Streisand. Like I don't I don't dislike her. I've honestly until this year the only movie. I'd ever seen with Barbara Streisand was Meet the Fockers, which is sacrilegious. But I, I finally watched um, um, Prince of Tides like earlier this year. Oh, we watched. But, like I've, I've never seen any of the classic like Barbara movies. Um, so I'm sorry, we watched Prince of Tides when that Criterion came out. Um, yep. Holy shit, that movie is insane! It's, <laughs> it's like wild. it is wild. <laughs> Like I was kind of not really prepared with the fucking ride that movie was. It's a oh, yeah. lot. It's a lot. It is like, a roller. It's, it's good, but it's just like it's a lot of movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she directs the fuck out. <laughs> well, the Academy didn't think so. She wasn't nominated for best director. I know. That was a snub. We um watched Funny Girl on Amazon Prime. And we were charmed. It's good. I think long as hell. I think that the last half isn't as fun as the first half, but I guess that's sort of. I think that's a lot of people's impressions of the movie overall. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then we're not in the. Okay. But we have not seen Funny Lady. We need to have Matt Emmerich back on the do Funny Girl. Yeah, that's fun. We did uh, did Yentl on our show, which we had not Mm -hmm. seen. Um, Yentl was a good episode, um, so I finally got some context of maybe Barbara being a little miscast as Yentl. Should they have gone for a little younger? Maybe. <laughs> is she supposed to be like a high school person, or how old is she supposed to be? I think Yentl is supposed to be probably in her mid to late twenties, maybe even no. Early I think 30s. she's supposed to be younger than that. I mean, I think that she no. she's just like a young girl in the shuttle. I think that she's supposed to be like late teens. Should early have 20s. gotten married a while ago. Yeah. But I mean, in the shuttles, like you can be twenty and be like an old maid. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I feel like the guys, Howard Brackett's friends, probably know more about Barbara Streisand than we do. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because he taught them all. He gave them all of these like Barbara mm-hmm. lessons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's just the other thing. It's like, is this movie just kind of supposing that like 
a love for Barbara is just like inherently gay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, sure. Where did he get this? Like, why does he like Barbara? He doesn't have other gay friends, or n- nor does he really even have a kind of context for gay culture because they're in this like mm-hmm. insular town. But it's just like, I love these Barbara movies. I love musicals. I love dancing a macho man. And that just equals gay. Just sort of low-hanging fruit when you're making gay jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm just saying there's like yeah. kind of supposing that it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, that what comes first? Kind of is it like, do you gravitate towards those things because like gay culture kind of informs it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the at least in the, this time the movie came out in the 90s, you know, the internet was around, but it's obviously not as prevalent as, yeah. as it is today. But I think it's just one of those things that, like, most gay people tend to gravitate towards something, the obvious gay trait, if yeah, you will. Yeah, for sure. And whether you even realize the context of, like, why you're gravitating towards that, like, I would say mine would be Golden Girls. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I've loved it since I was in middle school, yeah. and I never even even would have ever thought that, oh, that's, like oh, that's a very, like, gay thing. A lot of gay people like yeah. the Golden Girls. Like, yeah. I had no I had no context for that. So it's yeah. kind of the same thing, I that's think, for true. Howard. I guess, you know, it's kind of like the point of this whole podcast. I was going to say, it's like most of the <laughs> shit that we talk about on our show. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, as little, you know, Golden Girls started in 1985. I was, granted, very young in 1985. But, like, its entire run, I watched it. And I think that <laughs> probably of the other boys in my class you know of the when we were like 10 and 11 i was probably one of the only ones watching it you know and like you said it's just that thing with it, that we gravitate towards these things and we don't know what the actual reason is but yeah it's just we these things were not made for us yet we we love the hell out of them golden girls being a prime example of yeah <laughs> or kind of any of the big like divas like madonna share that you just sort of mm-hmm. gravitate to. Debbie Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joan <Yep>. Cusack. <laughs> Joan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first scenes with Joan, she's trying on the wedding dress, and he's there. Yeah. He's there. He, well, he picks it out. And yeah. I wrote that down, too. I was like, it's, I mean, it's, it, that's part of the joke is that he picked out her wedding dress. Mm-hmm. But, like, isn't it supposed to be bad luck for the groom to see yeah, the bride my in thing. her dress? I'm like, they're so traditional that they're just fully cool with him, like, watching her, you know, like, try. It, maybe it's one thing for him to, like, look at him in the catalog or go even go to the store. But I would think when she was trying it on getting fittings, she'd be like, get out of here. It's it, like bad luck. It informs the character that he wanted to sort of have a hand in how she looked. Too. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. not exactly type A personality, but I think when it comes to probably these kinds of things, orchestrating the wedding, planning those kinds of, you know, the, he probably had, you know, picked the flowers, picked all that stuff. And and uh, Joan, what is her character's name? Emily. Uh, Emily. She's probably just the kind of person that's just like, cool. One less thing for me to, to worry about. Just like he's 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 cool. He's great. He loves flowers. He loves, you know. <laughs> Well, it, she talks about how in early in the movie that her parents aren't around. Yep. Yeah. So I think like you know Howard and his family are doing a lot of the like the the wedding planning. Yeah. Okay. We also laughed out loud when Debbie Reynolds pulls up with the full wedding cake in her back seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
like the day the is cake. it supposed to be the day before yeah, we saying, or like what? two days before day like get that shit in, a, in a refrigerator yeah. i think that we picked up our wedding cake the day of oh yeah we yep. did yeah somebody picked it up for us uh, the day of. yeah somebody picked yeah. it up for us yep <laughs> um and i don't think it was the same cake from the empty reception no i don't hall. think so Oh, the one from the reception hall, there's like fondant and it's like this beautiful, like modern looking cake. And the one in the back seat just looked like a grocery store sheet cake. That was the stunt cake. It was definitely <laughs> it was the, the stunt prop cake, cake from the back seat of the car. Absolutely. I, I did think that was so funny, though, when they're like on the side of the road. And she's like, look, we got the cake. <laughs> just, like, this funny little like drive by. <laughs> like, what is this town? <laughs> um. What do we think of Tom Selleck and uh, Kevin Klein's chemistry together? I think it works. I think it works? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Do you buy Tom Selleck as like this butch gay man? I mean, yeah. Yeah? I mean, I mean, I just immediately go to Magnum P.I. <laughs> in those shorty shorts. So, yeah, I totally buy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. No. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I, I think um, it was – I don't know like what he did – after this, because it seemed like most people back in the day, when you a straight actor would play like mm-hmm. gay, it would almost damage their career. Or well, I, mean, I don't, he, especially like, was him and Kevin Klein was that like the first like male on male that kiss? kiss in like a mainstream movie? I think it was I a big mean, deal. It lasts yeah. like fifteen seconds too. Oh so it was, it was nominated for an MTV Movie Award. I, I do remember that. that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, he made the love letter the year after with Ellen. With Ellen, right. see? Oh, oh with Ellen, yeah. <laughs> yeah, be- well, and I also remember he was doing press for the love letter when he oh, was, the putting, when he was put in the hot seat by Rosie. I think oh. he was doing press for Uh-oh. I think he was doing press for the love letter. Yes. Oh, that's one of my favorite like I watch that like YouTube clip a lot. Oh no, the clip of their fight. <laughs> yeah, because he was like in the NRA or probably yeah. still is. So that that's why this is kind of funny. I think I mean I don't know what he's up to now. Um, but I think he's one of the conservative yeah. like, I don't, Republican like yeah. actors. Yeah. Here's the thing is I don't think he's as active with conservatism and the NRA as he used to be. I think that he sort yeah. of stepped down for stuff like that. Because I remember when I dressed okay. up like Magnum P.I. a few Halloweens ago, I actually looked up to see who he voted for in the 2016 election. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, he did not vote for Trump. He voted in really? like a police chief from like Texas. <sighs> Well, Ooh. and he's been on like Blue Bloods for like ten million years, oh, so like a th- right. so I, I don't know. Maybe that. he's just very like I do. Sort of give. I mean, I I'm from a conservative state, so I feel like <laughs> I always sort of knew men like that. There is a part about Tom Selleck that I do give him the benefit of the doubt, and right. I do think that he's a good person. All right, so that's fair. And he was yeah. on Friends for so long. We love we love Richard. Listeners, don't write in. <laughs> <laughs> Do not at us. Scott does not uh, is not in the NRA. Um, yeah, uh, I I liked him in this movie. I didn't love him, and I don't know. I just something. I think just because maybe because Kevin Klein has plays the char- his character a little so like one side of the pendulum, and Tom Selleck is just like I'm just going to play it straight. I'm just going to play it like I would play any other yeah. character. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. The, the fight with Rosie, I'll still never forgive him for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wild, wild television, wild daytime television yeah, moment. Yeah. <laughs> but um, his scenes with Joan are cute, though. I mean, that's like Joan's big. Oh, yeah. The scene at the bar is yeah. just... So, 
We go to a bar in Palm Springs. I've mentioned it on the show before, but they always play. I think that they play multiple scenes of this movie from Joan and they they just, they play the entire clip and it's the, it's the scene in the church of fuck Barbara Streisand (laughs) and they play the, the bar scene of is everybody gay? Please sleep with me. That's a big soundbite. I mean, we love uh, we love Joan just screaming out. It's everybody gay. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe that was also her Oscar um, her Oscar clip when she comes out of the bar and I'll, she's like trying to flag. She's down, trying to like, flag on car cars. I was going to say, I, I used to watch this telecast a lot, recorded, oh my God. and that was like my first introduction oh my God, yeah. to the movie, was her trying to like flag down cars. I'm in the wedding yep. dress. It's <laughs> There's something about Joan Cusack and her delivery and her face and all that that's just so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. When she's just like, I'm in the wedding dress. <laughs> Yeah, she is. She is in like the wedding dress for like basically like the rest of the movie, yeah, like the second yeah. half of like the movie. Yeah, and then um, yeah, when she says a wedding dress that you picked out, picked out. <laughs> <laughs> I I do love the look, just the look on her face when when she's like when she's at the bar and she's she's scoffing down the peanuts. Yeah. And and Tom Selleck is there, and she's like, "Will you sleep with me?" Yeah, and she just does that like that smile. I like Joan Cusack, like smile is yeah. just oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, 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 iconic. She's just yeah, mm-hmm. and like I said, there's just something so heartbreaking about that when she's just like, "Will you sleep with me? Will you marry me?" All that stuff, and just like, oh my god, woman, get it together. And I, and I feel like a, a lot of that, like that, um, her busting out of the the bar and mm-hmm. kind of going crazy, like you know, even at the end of the, with the wedding when she punches. <laughs> you know Kevin Klein. It's like a little bit of Debbie from like Adam's Family Values, yeah. like a little like leftover from that performance. Sure. Like not as absurd, obviously, yeah, yeah. but you know you could see how like it's played by the same like person. She's just like she's perfect. Yeah, totally. Is Joan just like set for life now because of the Toy Story movies? Those movies would have had to make her so much money. Probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think so. It makes me sad. I was looking up her IMDb and like, where is she really like? 
what has she been in? She's been in some like indie stuff and some random things, but yeah, it seems like she does a lot of like voice work. Um, you know, and I know that actresses of a certain age, yeah. you know, there's the whole, they don't get like roles, but I, God, I like miss her being like the lead or the co-lead of like a movie. Oh yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Was, what was I surprised? Oh, this was the- like, she, she was in the movie, um, the Amy Schumer movie where she gets kidnapped. Um, Oh, snatched. snatched? Oh. Okay. And, but, but she plays like, I can't remember. I, I saw that movie in the theater. I haven't seen it since. It was fine. But um, I feel like she played like like a mute person oh, no. or someone or or like someone who couldn't speak. And I was like, who hires <laughs> Joan Cusack and doesn't have her speak? Oh, man. Yeah. She was on Not the second season of Homecoming, which I don't remember a lot of people talking about. Homecoming. I never that's watched the, it. That's the Julia Roberts show on oh, the one that's Prime based that was on based podcast. on the podcast. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No. Didn't see it. I, mean, I, I listened to the podcast, though. I mean, I would suppose that her big thing from the past, like, 15, I mean, 20 years, it's been Toy Story. Yeah, maybe it, maybe it just yeah. has made her a very rich woman, and she's just like, oh, I'll work when I want to work. Yeah. She was, uh, she was Aaron's birth mother in the final episode of The Office. Right. I do remember <laughs> that. Her and um, Ed Begley Jr., were revealed to be Aaron's birth parents for like one scene. That was, mm-hmm. that was heartbreaking out of nowhere, but that was now, <laughs> now, but, and I feel like that was recent. No, the office has been off no, the that air was a long for time ago, yeah. a long mm-hmm. time. <laughs> <laughs> time dilation just for, I just lose. Track. Yeah. I think the office ended in like 2013, 2014. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah something like that. Mm-hmm. Almost yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Well, we'll start a, we'll start a campaign to get, to get Joan back on our screens. We'll, we'll just write yeah. something for her. <laughs> something great something where she can scream and and cry and yeah play these kooky characters yeah and hopefully not just be like a mom or something mm-hmm. um so <laughs> not to jump to the end or anything like that but when we <laughs> when we're kind of finally getting the last little bit of like mm-hmm. what eventually happens we're like does Tom Selleck and Kevin Klein like end up together? What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> I know it's kind oh. of played for like a kind of played for like a a mystery. It's like, oh, are they getting? Yeah, are yeah. they getting? They're like they're getting married, married now. Like so fast. Oh, we're like, what's fast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're both of us. Were, like, I was thinking it. I was like, they're not getting married. And Scott's like, and I had, I've seen this movie. <laughs> I know they weren't getting yeah. married. <laughs> I was like, oh, I forgot. It was Debbie Reynolds. They're, they're renewing their vows. She's she's finally getting her her big wedding. Even for ninety seven, that would have been all right. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. a little too crazy. Too yeah, yeah, gay marriage. Yeah, but be, mm-hmm. I mean, be, before we before we like uh, finish up the whole thing, um, we haven't even talked about. Cameron's girlfriend, Shalom Harlow. <laughs> mm-hmm. I always forget Shalom Harlow's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Sonia. I'm Sonia. Sonia. <laughs> Smoking during the Oscars. I love that shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the shot, the reaction shot of her when she's like, like rolling her eyes, like mm-hmm. clapping is, it's Just like, whatever. it's like, it's so funny. Yeah. I like to think that um, this character, Sonia, is fully aware of how terrible this movie is. <laughs> oh, the movie that Cameron's the in? The movie that, yeah. that Cameron's not that in. To serve and protect, to yeah. Serve yeah, she knows it's a piece of garbage. And, like, 
I feel like I think that he kind of knows that this is real. This relationship's not really going anywhere. Like he kind of tells it. Like she says something about like just something about like throwing up or something. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of she, just to throw up and just to do her makeup and vomit or something. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of there's like. a lot of eating, eating disorder jokes in this movie <laughs> that maybe don't quite age all that well. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah she says, "I have to shower and vomit." Yeah, and then he says something and then later she on. About she doesn't she know works. how to. She doesn't know how to use like the phone. Oh, she, he asks. He tells her to like get a cheeseburger or yeah. something, or like go drive down to the diner and eat something because she looks like a swizzle stick. A swizzle stick. <laughs> yeah. So the, I think there's indications of like his small town roots. Like he's he's gone Hollywood, but like he's still you know mm-hmm. he still understands that she looks like she looks crazy. Although Shalom Harlow in this movie. Gorgeous, like stunning. Yeah. Like every time, I mean, she's a model. Like, obviously, she looks like a model, but it's like some, sometimes the camera's just on, on her face. And I'm like, oh my god. Do you remember the Shalom Harlow movie that she did, where she was one of the supermodels living in the loft, head over heels with oh, Freddie head Prince over Jr. Heels with Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> I think she's one oh, of yeah. the she's one of the supermodels that live in the giant loft. Mm-hmm. What is it's like? It's like Rear Window yeah. with like. Right, because don't they like think like what? they think someone's that, a murder? They or think something? that they Monica Potter mm-hmm. thinks that she sees like Freddie Prince Jr. like murder somebody in their oh apartment building. God. Freddie Prince yes, Jr. also has like, like a Great Dane. I think that it was a big flop when it came out. But so. wasn't but wasn't Sarah Michelle Gellar in a movie where she was like a magical chef? Simply Irresistible. Oh, I thought that was called Head Over Heels. That's no. called Simply Irresistible. Simply, Simply Irresistible. Okay. Yeah. All right. I just remember there being like a shot. They're like looking through the window and Freddie Prince Jr. is like shirtless, like doing pull-ups and stuff. And he's all sweaty. Yeah. I remember that. Is this movie like a thriller? No, it's a comedy. Oh, it's a comedy. It's a comedy, <laughs> it's a comedy where they think their neighbor is murdering people. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm in. Oh, it's it, Mark Waters directed it, the guy who did um, Mean Girls. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we're, our next episode of Movies That Made Us Gay, <laughs> we'll be reviewing it over heels. Yeah. So when uh, when Matt Dillon like, decides, you know, he decides to come back to town, because what, what happens? He just kind of sees it on the news. Yeah, I think she she's actually watching TV and yeah. calls him over and says like, "Hey, look, you know, look what's what's you're on. We're on TV or something." Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, be, "We got to go find Mister Brackett and yeah. make things right." Yeah. Um, at the time, E had uh, well, E had like E News Daily and all that, and mm-hmm. they tried to like pass themselves off a little bit more like. This is like CNN, but for entertainment. Yeah. They, it was a lot more like people at desks, like giving entertainment news, entertainment tonight kind of stuff. And their big, like, main guy was Steve Kometko. Steve Kometko was very tall, very tan, blonde, and he had a little hoop earring, and he was gay, and he was out. And, like, that was in the 90s. And it was, like, a, kind of a big deal. And it was like, okay, you can be out as, like, the head anchor on E. But you had to work for E. But, yeah, you yep. got to be on E, right? And it's, you know, it's Steve Kometko. So it's like he didn't really get, like, great, you know, like, respect in the biz or whatever. But he would do, like, red carpet. So I, I feel like they were really kind of modeling the Tom Selleck character kind of on, on Steve Kometko over at E. Even though Tom Selleck says in the movie that... He's not out to anybody, right? Or no, he did say he told his boss, and the boss said, "Who cares?" Yeah, and he 
he came out to his dog and his, and his do- dad said, but you're so tall. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. <laughs> that's kind of, that's a very like dad thing to say. Yeah. You're so tall. <laughs> oh man. We loved gay dudes. Love other tall gay dudes. Man. Mm-hmm. Something about <laughs> that height. <laughs> Um, Bob Newhart is the principal of the school, and I fully had oh, to. God. I fully had to look up if Bob Newhart was still with us. <laughs> I think he is, right? He, he is. is yeah. Mm-hmm. Scott likes to kill off old old actors. He's always like, "Are they still with he us?" Like, I, don't like know. I, I was just thinking about Carol Burnett today. I was like, "Did Carol Burnett die?" Oh, of course she's no, alive. She's, she's still with us. Yeah, Carol. <laughs> we would we would remember Carol Burnett dying. That would be like, yeah, lights out and like TV news for like a week. <laughs> Um. Yeah, Bob Newhart. I kind of f- forgot about that for a minute, but it's it's interesting because he's kind of like he's not necessarily playing like a closed minded character. He's kind of like, well, this is just how it has to be, and I feel bad about mm-hmm. it, but not bad enough to do anything about it. Because that's kind of like it's the nineties. Yeah, it's like he just um, I. It's like most people. It's like they just don't. They don't know any gay people, yeah. so they're just mm-hmm. like. Eh, it is. I mean, the movie it it skews very like lightly in terms of like yes. the commentary of, yes. of you know being out and people being fired for being gay and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't get too serious, but it, but you know I think it earns a little bit of drama there, like at the end when they when they fire him and he comes back onto the stage and. There's that whole confrontation. I think yes. it's well done. Yeah, yeah. no, it, 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 abso- it absolutely is. Because like you said, it's um, at the end of the day in the movie, he does get fired for like coming out. And mm-hmm. uh, but they kind of play it off with this whole like the other teacher gets this teacher of the year award. And, and that's played mm-hmm. a lot for comedy and the teachers being like, well, I just want to finish my speech <laughs> and all that. So they, they kind of they throw in this this comedic element of this teacher who just, you know doesn't know what the hell's going on trying to like trying to just trying to give his acceptance speech and everybody else, you know, sticking up for sticking up for Mr. Brackett and um, yeah, all the students standing up saying that, that they're gay too. They're, they're Spartacus moment. They're I am Spartacus <laughs> moment. Um, but is oh, is Deborah Rush Mumsy from Strangers with Candy Mumsy, also Mother Dear. also in the faculty, <laughs> yes. right? Yeah. She's got like that bouffant hair. Mm-hmm. Like she's got like that, that back combed, like teased up hair. Um, I don't know what 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 she teaches because it looks like she's wearing like a uniform at some point. Um, but I do remember thinking the first time I saw this when the one kid, because it's it's the student that yeah that um, Mr. Brackett helped him you know like get into college like I'm assuming he helped him like you know write you know admissions essays and yep. and wrote him, made, you know, made the biggest letter of recommendation yeah. made the biggest difference in his life yeah. yeah and he's the one that stands up and says like well i'm gay too and as a kid i was like oh okay that's cool he's kind of like figured himself out and is like decided to come out but then i was like oh no i don't think that's the case i think he's just kind of like proving their point of he can't like he's not going to give it to everybody we should also mention right. uh, Alexander Holden, who is one of the girls in that friend group, was also in his episode of Six Feet Under. She's the oh, actress oh, okay. that that, uh, that ODs in the bathroom. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And awesome. she's the one from That's Drop funny. Dead Gorgeous. Yes, she is Mary 
Johansson from Drop Dead Gorgeous. Uh, okay. Don't cry out loud. <laughs> oh, wow. I never even made that connection. That is funny. And she's also on Friends like Tom Selleck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably at the same time. No, not at the same time. She's uh, She plays Bruce Willis's daughter on, on Friends. Um, all these 90s connections. Come on. I, I see all the, all the wheels are turning now. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean the the final scene, like in the in the school auditorium, it's you know it's like it's very like it's you know these nineties movies. That, well, it's also it's going it's that scene from a Frank from like a Frank Capra movie. I mean, yeah, yeah, at true. the end of It's a Wonderful Life, all the town is there for George Bailey, and at the end of this movie, all of his friends are there for him. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a very classic Hollywood structure to to like end your movie. Yeah. I mean, I get a little like legally blonde, a little house bunny. Like you know, they always have these mm-hmm. move, these scenes in like you know a courtroom or city hall or a big town vote or something like that. But yeah, um, but you're right about the the whole like Frank Capra kind of angle to it. Mm-hmm. Is it like normal for the people of this town to just attend the local high school graduation? Right? Like yeah, I know. <laughs> like, why is the mailman there? And like, the whole fire department yeah. is there. The whole fire department. It's very Mr. Brackett's entire that's, family. That's very Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Springfield. The mailman, the actor that's a mailman, kills me so every <laughs> line. Please dead. use your full zip code. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is this going to be on TV? Yeah. Oh man, he's so crazy. I love I love his delivery. We also discover that he is on uh he's in Elvira Mistress of the Dark. Yeah. He runs the cozy cot. He runs the cozy cot. Yeah. With, oh, with yes. Grandma. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> Robin's grand, Robin's grandparents. Um yeah, so the the that whole like that whole last scene of the movie it's it's, it's very cute. It ties it all together. Um cuz it is it does kind of get a little bit of a downer when you're like Oh, they're straight up firing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They're straight up firing. What are they going to do? Um, I also like uh, Debbie Reynolds and, and the and the old broads when they're when they're sitting in the empty oh, banquet hall. Yeah. Yes, after the wedding. Oh, yeah. that scene is great. Yeah. That scene's really funny. All the all all the uh, all the other like grandmas and like aunts just kind of sitting there like do they eat the cake? No, they don't eat the cake. No, they're eating it. They are eating it. Yeah, they're okay, eating it. They are mm-hmm. eating the cake. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that seems really funny. Um, I was. I re- hated the bridges of Madison <laughs> County. <laughs> I mean, that book. That book was a huge deal. Mm-hmm. I just. I love. Like that's what I just love so much about Paul Rudnick's like scripts, mm-hmm. like the random, like specific pop culture references. That the, you know, of the time referencing those things, like that book being popular and like these old broads thinking like, it's so shocking for this, this lady to like not have liked it or whatever. (laughs) Like it's so funny. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, it's like Elaine and Seinfeld, not liking um, the English patient. The English patient. Yeah. (laughs) You just have to like, but you just die. (laughs) Just die already. Oh, man. Okay, I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Oh, Paul Rudnick wrote Jeffrey. Okay. Okay. That. I've never mm-hmm. I've never seen that one. It was cute. I remember seeing it. It was, That was around the time when I was very much like any, like. Any action, gay movie. Any gay movie yeah. that's yeah. That, like Hollywood video. I'm going to snatch up and just kind of watch. And it also has Patrick Stewart. 
Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got to watch this. And Patrick Stewart was great. And it. that has Steven oh. Weber from Wings, yes. right? Okay. Yeah. Steven Weber is super cute, and then, too. And then he wrote he wrote the movie Marcy X, which is... Marcy which X, is, yes. Oh. Which, I actually, which I actually watched for the first time, like, recently. Because I have a good friend who actually really likes that movie. And I was like, there's no way this is good. And I watched it, and I'm not going to lie... It's actually very fun. <laughs> and Lisa Kudrow is like a socialite that yeah. takes over like a like a hip hop record yeah, label, her, right? Her her yeah, her like her dad or her grandfather or whatever like owns it and she's going to take it over and she has to go she has to like babysit this like rapper guy. There's a lot of obviously like racial yeah. things that don't <laughs> don't age very well, but but it's got that like Paul Rudnick like really like witty satire like there's like a i feel like there's like a scene where they're at like some charity thing with sick kids and it's like it's like really like fucked up you know like there's lots of like you know oh this is really like on pc but it's like really funny yeah 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 <laughs> and you know uh paul rednick also wrote the jacqueline susan movie what isn't she great with bat with bat midler <laughs> Okay, that I haven't I seen that. I remember was really hated at the time. Yeah, I'd like to revisit it. Seen that I bet all. I would like it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to watch all those movies because, like, they're they're all like even like the ones that are like you know quote bad. There's something kind of just really kind of sparkly about his like writing that mm-hmm. like I just it's just it's just I mean, so funny. It's like all of the best moments in the Stepford Wives like what we were talking yeah. about. I mean pretty much every single line that comes out of Bette Midler's mouth is gold in that mm-hmm. movie. <laughs> right. Like oh that book that you wrote about your mother. I hate you but please I love you but please die. <laughs> <laughs> when they're digging through the trash and they find yes. the, <laughs> the Vigo shirt. The Vigo shirt thrown out. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. He only oh. has uh based on characters for Sister Act 2. So I don't believe that he actually He probably wrote the first half of that script when yeah. Bet was involved. I would Yeah, that's I think that's what Bet. it says on IMDb yeah. that okay. Bet was in it, wrote the script and then they changed it and he didn't like the the changes they made and he didn't want you know, to be like associated with he it sure. at the time. He, he still didn't. Too much he, he didn't want like a story by credit or anything. Yeah. yeah, I don't think so. He didn't have any credit. I think on IMDb, when you look up the movie, it says um, a different name. Yeah, like it says, like in parentheses, like it's actually like Paul Rudnick that has yeah. like credit or whatever. But, but like in the film, it doesn't. He doesn't get actual on-screen credit. Interesting. And yeah, I mean, I mentioned that he does a lot of uh, script doctoring on stuff. So I think that he's had his hand in a lot of different types of projects throughout the year. Also, most likely uncredited. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. Um, Yeah, though, but this movie just definitely has that kind of. It's it's his style, but it's also a little bit of a '90s style of just like the silliness thrown in there. I feel like you don't really get that too much in like comedies. These days, I feel mm-hmm. like comedies are either just really, really broad or just, I don't know, um, just that, that like, just that, yeah, little silliness or whatever that you get in something like Adam's Family or... Um, we haven't really mentioned, this is our second Frank Oz movie that we've done on the show. Ah, okay. um, Pete, do you know what the other one was? Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. oh, one of my favorites. Yeah. I love it. See, I mean, Frank Oz... Yeah. Kind- he has such a wild filmography. Yeah, I was gonna, that's exactly what I was going to say, is that <laughs> so Frank Oz, weird. you really can't put a 
like a pin in exactly what yeah. a Frank Oz movie is because he directs all sorts of weird movies. He did the score with like Marlon Brando and Edward Norton. And that what? was another yeah, movie that I remember that there was like tension on the set with like Marlon Brando and Frank Oz. He oh, would man. he would call him like Miss Piggy to his face. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. I feel like the wedding scene in In and Out kind of reminds me of like the wedding scene in Muppets Take Manhattan, which he like directed. Like I don't know. It kind of almost has like the same look. Like, oh, did Frank Oz co-direct The Dark Crystal or Labyrinth? Uh, I think it's The Dark Crystal. The Dark Crystal. Yeah. Oh, maybe the Labyrinth is just Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that is a. It is a very. What are some of the other like weirdo like random movies that he's directed? He directed The Stepford Wives. Okay, written by Paul right. Rudnick. All right, so mm-hmm. that, that, that. I want to say. Oh no, I was going to say Three Men and a Baby, but that's Leonard. That's Nimoy. Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bowfinger. He did Bowfinger. Yep. <gasps> Bowfinger. I love Bowfinger. Mm-hmm. S- Steve Martin could have could have been Mister Brackett. My gosh, I'm looking through Frank Oz's filmography. Yeah, I could see it. His like voice credits oh, is voice just like, I'm just like scrolling, yeah. trying to it's find director. It's gonna take you forever to get to director. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, we'll I, circle, okay, we'll I circle it. back around. No, I found that. it. Okay, uh, directed House Sitter. Okay, in '92. What about Bob? There you go. Yeah. Oh, Indiana yeah. in the Cupboard, a movie that I never really cared for as a kid. Um, Death at a Funeral. I forget that he did the original of that. Mm. I mean, he hasn't really directed anything since Death at a Funeral. Oh wow, he's done some TV, and that's it. Hmm. Okay, and he doesn't do Miss Pig the voice of Miss Piggy anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what happened with that. If he had like a falling out with them, or they well, I think they like cast someone else or something. I mean, I think that he was probably happy to hand off Miss Piggy just because I think that is probably yeah. just very laborious, and he was probably getting old. He couldn't quite mm-hmm. go do like Regis and Kelly or like <laughs> Wendy Williams when she co-hosts. Um, he was. I think that he did the puppeteering for Last Jedi. I think. Yeah, he did. He oh, was on. Okay. He was on set for Yoda for Last Jedi. That's that's for sure. Um, I think Mark Hamill was like, "Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be Frank." Um, I definitely want to get into talking about the Golden Girls, but there is there anything that we left unturned for In and Out? A movie that I think is still really funny, and I love a good ninety minute movie. Yeah, like I oh, love yeah. this is just oh, a crazy at, like eighty seven ninety minutes. <laughs> like I am super into that. There needs to be more movies like that made. Marvel make a ninety minute movie, and I will see that four yeah. times in the theater. Well, that was another thing too. As we're watching it, it gets to the wedding scene, and we're like, "It is not. How even, are we it at the is wedding? not even an hour into this movie. Yeah, it wasn't even at the hour mark, and we're at the wedding. But then so much happens after the wedding too. Right. So right. it was like, you know, it's you would think that I just feel like in other movies, it's like it's just kind of this ending, you know, big, you know, last act kind of a thing. But yeah, we're like, how are we here already? But then it did feel like those. Okay, there's more stuff going on. But yeah, brisk, a brisk 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the credits hit at like minute 87. <laughs> That's another thing, too. Short ass credits. We're not used to that anymore. Like now no. credits are like. 10, 15 minutes for a now, TV Now they're show. like 12 minutes long. I'm, yeah. I'm very fascinated with the movie that uh, started playing on Paramount Plus right when this movie ended. It is called <laughs> It Takes Two with, um, what's his the name? Olsen from- Twins? Well, we no. Was that. It, it oh. is a different It Takes Two. It has, uh, what's his name from Adventures in Babysitting? George Newbern. George Newbern. 
from oh. from from uh, Father of the Bride. And I fully watched a good like twenty minutes until Pete made me turn it like, off. We are we are not <laughs> watching this tonight. Like from the nineties, like an old movie. It's from it's from, the 80s. it's from like the eighties. Yeah, it just oh, wow. started on Paramount. Plus it's a weird movie that feels like it's sort of a risky business knockoff sure. too. Oh, yeah, uh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, let's see. We talked about all the weird. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't even consider them cameos, but just people that whose careers kind of maybe took off a little bit later in this movie. Like you said, June Squibb, Selma Blair, mm-hmm. um, all the kids we recognize from something else. Even the other, even the other, um, the other boy uh, high schooler. That's not Sean Hattesey. That's Zach Orth. Oh yeah, he's yeah, in, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's in Romeo and Juliet. Uh, Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet with Leo. He is in Wet Hot American Summer that we really want to rewatch this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, so it's about like, time for a Wet Hot American Summer revisit. So, like oh, everybody sure. in this movie, even just people in the background, were just like, "Why do we know everyone in this movie?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the casting There's is a just lot like, of familiar faces. Yeah, super familiar faces um, everywhere. Just kind of a little, kind of a button to finish this conversation. But I've been seeing a lot of stuff online about this movie Bros with Bowen Yang and Billy Eichner oh. of kind of the first mainstream gay. Comedy, and I was just yep, kind of thinking, yep. like y'all are forgetting about In and Out <laughs> or The Birdcage. <laughs> mm-hmm. But these I think, are, I think, with an all gay. Yes, cast, exactly. With an mm-hmm. all out gay cast, which is cool. I'm, I'm so curious of how that. well the it's going to do. Great. I'm glad that it wasn't yeah. just relegated right to streaming, kind of like that they did with Fire Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we still have to watch Fire Island as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're, we're we're super excited for both of those both of those movies. But yeah, Bros looks the trailer for Bros looks really funny. I mm-hmm. I I I did not realize that Billy Eichner is a polarizing figure. I just thought he's funny. People love it's, Billy Eichner. Who it's Billy on him? the street. It's Billy on the street. Yeah, I but, love Billy on the street. Yeah. It's so funny. Elena. Oh my I'm a god, big Elena fan. Oh, man, but um, <laughs> every now and then we'll talk to somebody and they'll just be like, "Oh, I can't with Billy Eichner." And I'm like, "What? That's weird." Well, but um. Maybe he has, like, an Amy Schumer, like, kind of following, like, you know, there's the people that, you know, love him, the people yeah. that hate him. I don't know if it's yeah. as, device, you know, divisive, but. Yeah. Probably not, because female comedians, it's just a, such a weird thing that people just have right. really unfounded hatred for them. And it's just like, all right, calm down. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, the, a lot, there's a lot of talk about these movies being, like, these, you know, these gay rom-coms or gay comedies or whatever. And it's like. I think these 90s movies, while not as overtly homosexual as these ones are because they don't have the full gay cast or, you know, filmmakers, they were something. They were something for us and they were something for us to, like, grasp onto. Mm -hmm. Had had two Wong Fu and Thanks for Everything come out. I think think that was maybe 96 or 95. I don't recall the year Mm -hmm. of two Wong Fu. Let me look it up right now. Yeah, I forget as well. It was definitely around this time. It was definitely way before like things like Love Simon. <laughs> right. Okay, Chuang Fu was ninety five. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of an interesting like yeah. kind of triple feature of movies: Chuang Fu and Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, The Birdcage, and Cage. In and Out. Very mm-hmm. a very unique time for yeah. the studio system that they could get those types of movies greenlit. For sure. All starring straight men, but yeah. mostly, mostly, <laughs> mostly, yeah, yeah. I mean, have to throw in Priscilla in there, but I mean that's made outside of like the U.S. Australia's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. independent film is a whole different thing, but I mean, still at that time for a movie like Priscilla to come out, won the and, Oscar, yeah. She accepted it in her credit card dress. 
for costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the American Express dress. I forgot about that. That was for that. <laughs> yeah, but the, I mean, those '90s '90s mainstream gay movies—they're a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, Trick would follow in like '99. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, actually, just I just watched that for the first time, like the other day. Also, starring know. two straight men. Yeah, you know, Trick came into a job of mine once, Trick. and I really wanted the entire movie. I really wanted to. Well, I mean, the titular Trick <laughs> from Trick. I uh, it's like uh, I can't remember his name, but I really wanted to mention something, but he was with his children, so I felt like I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like funny. that movie, you played a gay prostitute. Love yeah. it. <laughs> Um, so Chris, I do want to talk to you a little bit about Golden Girls because I watch Golden Girls almost every day when I have my coffee. Sometimes when I open at work and I'm up at like 5am, I'll watch one episode and I do it almost every day. So it is a part of my morning routine is watching, watching Golden Girls. I mean, it's something that is very special to me. I like that your whole aesthetic of putting them in posters. I mean, you talked a little bit about your background with the Golden Girls, so you just grew up immediately loving it. I mean, I feel like we all did. Yeah, I mean, I was I was at that perfect age. It was like a middle school when mm-hmm. the rerun started airing, mm-hmm. re-airing on Lifetime. Like, yep. I have memories. Same. I was born in 1983, so I, you know, I was a little kid when it was on. Yeah. And I have, like, a lot of memories, like most people, like, being at grandma and grandpa's house on a Saturday night and like kind of watching it, but not, not really. Some people I think were more into it than others, like yeah. being five years old and like watching, you know, the golden girls, but I wasn't really that into it then. Not until like middle school when I just kind of rediscovered it. And I kind of hesitantly watched it. I think my sister wanted to watch it and she was like, Oh my God, remember this show? And I was like, kind of hesitantly like, sat down and watched an episode and I have not been the same since like at the end of that 30 minutes, yeah. I was just like a different person. I was like mm-hmm. laughing so hard. I don't even remember what episode it was. It was just like the funniest thing I'd ever friggin' seen. And I've just been obsessed with it like ever since. So yeah, you know, I, I used to record all the episodes off lifetime. I, it took me like almost like years. I had like every single episode wow. recorded onto VHS. Wow. Um, you know, I would sit there and wait for the episode to start and I would hit record <laughs> and then I'd be like, Oh, I have this one. So then I'd stop it. Oh you know, my God. That I also grew up watching the golden girls when I would go to my grandma's house and yeah, on lifetime. Cause lifetime. I feel like in the mid nineties, yeah. you could turn on the TV at any moment during the day and golden girls chances are was going to be on lifetime. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And there was something so inviting about that show in particular for us as children, which is so interesting because sometimes, like, TV can be polarizing for, like, kids of that this is, like, an adult show, like Cheers or um, All in the Family. Like, this is a sitcom for adults, and I have no business watching it. But Golden Girls was never like that. Mm-hmm. It it almost well it was it was it was great because it worked on two levels. You could be a little kid and watch yeah. it, and a, a lot of the physical humor and the jokes were mm-hmm. funny to kids. But a lot of the humor also like went over your head, yeah. yes, and was funny. You know, almost like Pixar movies are now. Yeah, you know, yeah. where it's like you know kids can watch it and not get all the jokes, and and it's you know the adults can get the more adult humor. And I don't know, it just. Um, it's just, I feel like it's universally loved. 
the lasting impact of it. I mean, it's not like people are talking about empty nests the same way or like what are other kind of contemporary sitcoms around the time that maybe don't quite have the rewatchability about them. Mm -hmm. But I mean, people are still talking about the golden girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For some reason it's had this, like, I don't know, in the last like five, 10 years had this resurgence of popularity. I don't know if it's, I mean, I think being, being added to Hulu. So now it's more, um, available to people. Whereas like when I was in college, they start, they finally started releasing them like on DVD. Um, and I, and I had those and I think a lot of people did, but there wasn't merchandise. You didn't go into target or Walmart and buy a golden girl shirt like 20 years ago. Yeah. The way you do now. And games and greeting cards and and mugs. Everything, everything. We went through Golden Girls trivia and knew every single answer during the pandemic. Like, I feel like by, like, week two that we had the game, we had already gone through all the cards. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think we just stopped playing at one point, like, the actual rules and just were just reading the questions. It's like, what about this? (laughs) Um, Off the top of your head, what are your favorite episodes? Oh, off the top of my head. I do have a list. Uh, um, But my my all-time favorite is Grab That Dough. (laughs) Okay. I I love when the girls are money-grubbing, backstabbing each other. Ma loves a good get-rich-quick scheme. (laughs) (laughs) When they they had the mix. Wanting money and and that type of stuff. That is so funny to me. Um, I love the Clayton episodes um, with oh, Blanche's yeah. brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the Case of the Libertine Bell, the murder mystery episode from season seven. Oh, classic. My like, God. So many good lines. Does the whole episode take place in that like restaurant or hotel or whatever it is? Pretty much the whole episode. The oh. opening is in the kitchen, but then okay. once they're once they're at the hotel, the whole episode is, is, is that, that a, the murder mystery. Is that a Stephen se- seven episode? It's what? Season it, seven? Is it season is seven, the last season? Yes. Season seven is the yeah, last season. That's about right. It strikes me as that when you're doing a murder mystery episode, you're probably on your last season. <laughs> Running out of it's, ideas. It's so funny. Every single sitcom from that era did like a murder mystery. Saved by the Bell had like one. Episode. Yep. Yeah. Like Full House did it. Oh, man. Uh, or did Full House or uh, Family Matters did Family one. Matters I mean, every, every sitcom did. Yeah. Uh, Saved I- by the Bell. I did watch Empty Nest um, when I was a kid. Everybody's least favorite episode of The Golden Girls is the Empty Nest crossover. But that, I mean, that's the backdoor <laughs> yeah. pilot, yeah. and that has nothing yeah, to do with the show. Yeah, it's nothing like it, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember liking it. I loved uh, Park Overall, the the, the mm-hmm. nurse. Um, yep. I love David Leisure. Uh, and, you know, so when they do these little crossovers every now and then when you know marty um, from greece marty from greece comes comes over comes over you know they love dreyfus on the golden girls dreyfus Dreyfus the dog is there all the time um but even i think when i think when dorothy is going through her like epstein bar phase doesn't she also talk to uh the doctor that lives next door yeah during the chronic fatigue yeah um, syndrome episode Mm -hmm. she goes to see harry harry yeah um Mm-hmm. Harry Weston. Even even though he's a pediatrician on the show, but she's yeah. just like she doesn't know where to go. Right. It's like yeah. a doctor that she trusts and mm-hmm. she knows. 
I just, I just love that there's like really an entire Golden Girls like universe because yeah. it spawned yeah. all these <laughs> other shows. Yeah. There's Empty Nest, but then Empty Nest had its own yeah, spinoff, spin-off. Um, Nurses. Mm-hmm. So, and they all like aired on Saturday night together, and I it's just like nurses. it was like the original <laughs> cinematic universe. Yeah, yeah. I did love though the time when there was an era when Golden Girls was on Saturdays, and it was on with all the like black shows. It was with two two seven and Amen. At the oh same. yeah, and I, I mean two two seven and Amen. I those. loved both of those shows, and and yeah, I remember watching those. All three, all three of those were epic theme songs. Mm-hmm. Like all three, Golden Girls, two two seven Amen. Look up those theme songs if you're not familiar with two two seven. They just added two two seven to Hulu. They did, yeah. They just added two. Really? Oh, yeah. I should watch that again. It's, I think I thought it was on Amazon Prime too for the longest time. Um, I'm not sure if Amen is on anything, but yeah, uh, that Saturday, like Saturday night, could is you not believe that must see television? That is wild. Yeah. <laughs> People <laughs> stayed home on Saturday nights and yeah. watched, and it's not like a rerun of a game show like they do now. <laughs> I mean, for me, like as a kid, it's like, okay, what was I going to do? I was like 11, but it's like, yeah, we, it wasn't just children watching this show; it was like everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Insane. I think that my favorite episode is probably um, – is it called Ladies of the Night where they're going to the Burt Reynolds – Mr. Burt Reynolds? The Burt Reynolds. The Mr. Burt Reynolds premiere ladies party. Of the e- ladies, ladies of the of, Evening. Ladies of the Evening and they get brought in as prostitutes when they go to the um, the hotel. Yeah. Yep. Because they picked – because Blanche picked the – the hotel that had the most men hanging out in the lobby. <laughs> I think that's one of my that's one of my favorite episodes. And that, also, oh, that's classic. And also the one. one with Jenny Lewis, where oh, Rose yeah. pushes with Fer- Jenny Lewis with, out of the door with yeah. Fernando. Oh, that is classic. Fernando. With Fernando the teddy bear. Fernando. So I had uh, I had another podcast previous to movies that made us gay. Uh, it's called Very Special Television, and we talked about very special episodes. Of sitcoms. That was the whole focus. And we did two Golden Girls episodes. We did Brother Can You Spare That Jacket. Crazy episode. Crazy Crazy episode. episode. Wild. Yeah. And we did... um, It was the break-in one. The break-in. Yeah. Where Rose shoots Blanche's vase. Yeah. I'd rather shot Lester. Lester. Um, (laughs) And my co-hosts on that show were uh, my friends, straight guys. And so okay. we're watching Golden Girls, and they loved it, right? I mean, they all knew it. They were all familiar with it, but they hadn't, like, re-watched it a lot. So we're, we're watching it. They're loving it. And so one of them started watching more episodes. It was on, you know, Hulu or whatever. And he was just like, you know what I don't remember or what I didn't remember, but what I'm noticing now is that, like, they go in hard on Blanche. Yeah. Just as hard as they go in on Dorothy. Or on Rose, like they they make fun of Blanche's weight, her age, They're her pretty face. savage, mm-hmm. yeah. And he's like, I just remember them like talking shit on Dorothy for being like B. Arthur. He's like, but it's crazy. Like everybody gets everybody gets lit like- up. They're yeah, they're mean to everyone, which I which I kind of like. I know that a lot of in, within the fandom, there's lots of you know, there's certain episodes where you know, there's lots of jokes that obviously today don't fly and they weren't really even appropriate then. Yeah. But I kind of like that. They just, everyone gets made fun of. Yeah. Like everyone kind of gets teased and it isn't just like, it, it isn't just Dorothy. It is all of them. Yeah. Um, but 
I kind of just like when they're being like mean and savage. It's like <laughs> part of like the fun of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In like a in like an odd way. Yeah. Um, which is why I just I love those episodes where they're just like they're sta- you know, like the bowling episode where they're like stabbing each other in the back but and they're you know being what? so deceitful because at the end of the day, they always come back together yeah. and they're like best friends again. Yeah. And everything is right in the world. That's and how me and I my just, friends are with that. each other. We yeah. roast the shit out of each other. That's all we do when we're around each other is just constantly talk shit on each other nonstop. Mm-hmm. But it's like they're my best friends and you know, that's just how right. that's just how you interact. I love that. Um <laughs> But they were, I mean, they were progressive. Yeah. Ma, Ma <laughs> yeah. had, Ma had her little picnic with the, the Japanese gardener. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Mitsumo. Mr. Mitsumo. <laughs> that is the episode where they, um, where are they going to? Isn't that brother? Where can, they leave. Isn't that brother? Can you spare that? They, where they yeah. leave Ma. They, they go to, they go on vacation. They go oh. to an island. Oh, I don't think they, they ever really say they, like where they're going. Okay. They're going to the Bahamas and they end that up stranded on the so island. And that's where weird. Rose like, shipwrecked. That, that's where Rose like takes initiative and is like barking yeah. out commands. Yeah. She's like, are, they're like, are we allowed? She's like, should we be listening to Rose? And she's like, I don't think we're allowed to work, talk while we work. <laughs> I love that. Those are those things. That's why. That's why that show is so great. Because like you know, like Betty White as Rose is like the naive one, yeah. and she's like she's so innocent and and you know what and meek. But then she has these like bursts, bursts of like meanness, and just like when she yells, like those moments are yeah. so well earned, and yeah. it's just like ten times funnier to hear her just like. Be like, all right, everyone, now shut the hell up. <laughs> um, you need to come to Los Angeles to go to Golden Girls Live with Jackie Beat, Drew Drogi, Sherry Vine, and Sam Pancake. Yeah. Very fun drag show. Mm-hmm. Really yeah, fun well, drag sure show where is. they do the entire episodes, and they don't change really any of the scripts. That's and it's awesome. always they fun just, to like reenact the whole episode. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, episode. they just do them as like a little play, and it's always fun to see what episodes they, they choose. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Alaska... From RuPaul's Drag Race was yep. um, uh, who was she? Was she Barbara Thorndike? She was Barbara Thorndike. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, classic! I love when they have those asshole characters on too. Like, oh, she just, was, like you just uh, like love to hate them. She was Mrs. Claxton as well. Mrs. Yeah, Claxton. Frida Claxton. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was Frida Claxton. Um, but we didn't see either of those. Uh, yeah, they also did Facts of Life, but they went off script for Facts of Life. But for Golden Girls, they do straight episodes, yeah. straight scripts, which is which is mm-hmm. great. And they are opening the Golden Girls Capsule Restaurant. That's right. Are you guys going to you guys get on the wait list? I hear there's a wait list. I know we got to jump on. There was a wait list for Save by the Max too. So and we made it okay. on that. So it shouldn't mm-hmm. be it shouldn't be too hard to get on to. But okay. we got to jump on it just in case it might. Close. Now, is there for a replica sure. of the house? No idea. Don't know what it's going to be. Very vague. What, what yeah. this is going to be? It is. It is pretty vague. From what I understand, I think they're recreating the kitchen. Yeah. I don't know how they do that. They as did a the full restaurant. They did the, kitchen, right? yeah. they did the kitchen for DragCon, and I think that was a oh, Hulu okay. booth. Or maybe okay. it was this re- this restaurant. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they've been very vague about the food items. I know, like, I kind of wrote, like, I mean, I, I think it's awesome that they're doing it, but it was kind of like, oh, we're going to have items like Blanche's Georgia cookies. And yeah. I'm like, but she never had, like, cookies. Yeah. Like, you, there, there's so many food references on the show. They, I'm hoping that they actually, like, 
have things like spare hoof and crispies and, <laughs> and that kinda, type of stuff. I kind of think this is going to be like when they did the pop up for the Max, where the service and for the food the, at yeah. the Max was kind of terrible, but you just go to get a photo a at the too. Max <laughs> and to sit behind Belding's yeah. desk. The food was fine. The service yeah. was. Horrendous. You're you're there for the photo. Yeah, it was right. It was awful. You pay fifty bucks and yeah. you have like a cool Instagram, yeah, like post, yeah, which I would do. Yeah, and oh it was God. cool seeing it, like walking around the max. You're like, this is just like the max. right. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So we'll we're, we'll we'll try and get on the on the the wait list. See see what it is, and we'll mm-hmm. we'll report back to to all of our listeners. <laughs> but um, Chris, thanks so much for coming on. We'll yeah. have to have you on again. Oh my god! Thank you so much. It was so much fun. Kind of, yeah, it's it been a pleasure. Fun. This was rounding out Pride Month. Absolutely. We never do like official Pride lineups, but yeah. I guess this is like this is we're as not. this is as official as we we're do, gonna get. We do spooky, <laughs> we do spooky Halloween ones. Those are more of our more in our wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, thanks so much. We'll we'll confer on uh, on the next movie we do. But uh, but until then, we'll uh, we'll play off and um, we'll see you next time. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. See you later. Thanks. And thanks so much for listening, everybody. Thanks so much. Yes, indeed. That was fun. We love... uh Glad that we got in the Golden, Golden Girls, Girls conversation. Posters. I love me some Golden Girls. And yeah. definitely check out Chris's stuff. Yeah. It is on Instagram at Golden Girls Posters, I think, just mm-hmm. on Instagram. Golden so check him out. He has some really funny ones. Yes, indeed. Lots of fun. But uh, I think it is just about that time. Patreon shout-outs. Patreon shout-outs. Uh, we'd love to say hello to all of our wonderful patrons, including Ted, Benny, Jermel, Melanie, Christopher, Susan, JJ, Layton, Shelby, Michael, Charlie, Muffy, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Joshua, Emily, Millie, Aaron, Melinda, Jim, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and Rufino. Thank you for being so much for being patrons. Head over yeah. to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay. Our newsletter will be out soon for the month mm-hmm. of June. It's probably we've already going to be out by the time this airs. A lot of things that we've been doing yeah. this month, so we'll catch you all up in there. Including moving MTMEG headquarters mm-hmm. to our new location in beautiful East Hollywood. Um, but yeah, head over to Patreon. You can see all of the stuff that we have to offer for a mere $10. You can listen to all of our uh, Watch With Us commentaries. There are over 20 bonus Watch With Us commentary tracks. You can listen to them just as uh, an extra episode or you can mm-hmm. sync them up to the movie. And it's like watching with the two of us right yeah. there in your living room. It's really fun when you sync it up to the movie. We're like talking right along with it. Love it. So uh, check that out. And we're going to be... Adding more Watch With Us commentaries every month. So the list is constantly growing. Mm-hmm. And um, you can subscribe monthly or you can just do the one month yeah. you know, uh, donation and listen to everything that you can in 30 days and then cancel it after that. Good to go. Perfect. Love it. Every donation helps us and keeps the show running on the air with equipment that works. So thank you for doing that. Um, we would also love it if you would uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Give us five stars. Yes, indeed. If you are an Apple Podcast listener or a Spotify listener, we would love for you to smash those five stars. Mm-hmm. Yep. We'd also love for you to write a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read it on the air we'll if you write one. Episode. We always do. Those are really fun and great. We love those. We also post them on the Instagram. And, yeah, if you want to follow us on any and all of the social media platforms, we are on Instagram and Facebook at Movies That Made Us Gay. Mm-hmm. At MTMUG Pod on Twitter. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, if you want to follow our personals, feel free. I am Pete. I am at Peter Lasagna on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I am Scott Youngballer on Instagram and follow my letterbox. Yes, indeed. Also follow Chris's letterbox. It's really oh, funny. Yeah, yeah, I read his reviews all the time. Chris Gallo. Mm-hmm. Look him up on Letterboxd. So, yeah. Uh, until next time, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We will see you soon. Bye. Bye. She was too old for Yentl.